Good morning, everybody, and welcome. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8, or 88, depending on where you are in this amazing country that we call Australia. You're well with Lyle and Mon, and I am not really feeling like Australia is that much of an amazing place this morning with our little cheating reputation, starting to take flight, but we'll cover that in a later Suddenly, we have suddenly yeah. we feel like we've become. Tarnished right across mm-hmm. the world all of a sudden. Yeah, but we're going to talk about that in depth. We are. Mm-hmm. But Lyle, let me just quickly ask you, on a brighter, more positive note, what are you grateful for this morning? I am grateful. Uh, okay, so I've got something to be super grateful for. Oh, yeah? What's that? My amazing wife oh, is yeah. co-producing the show this morning. She She's is. out there with the amazing Matushka. She's just and started doing, doing it together. a great job. Yeah. Really happy for her. Yeah, that's a, it's a definitely a wonderful thing to be grateful for. If you have something that you're grateful for, you could call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. Uh, no, you can't. Oh, no, you can't. <laughs> yeah, because you're listening to the delayed broadcast. And let me, <laughs> tempt, let me tempt our delayed listeners with something else. Okay. This is the first quiz clue, because we often talk about how they could join us for the quiz and win the prize, but we never tell them how easy it is. Check this out. This was the first clue, right? I was used by Obadiah as a place to hide profits. What am I? I know the answer to that one straight away. Well, I knew the answer to that one straight away. That's such an easy one, and you delayed broadcasters could win that prize if only you would move over to... The live show. How do they do that? Faithfm.com.au and... Just, Just press play. Press play. Or go to uh, the TuneIn app, download it onto your mobile device and look for Faith FM Australia and make it your favourite right there. Just... Click on it and away Easy peasy lemon squeezy. It's never been an easier way to listen to live radio. You can just stay no. anywhere on the planet. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you could be part of the live show. You can answer the quiz. You can win the prize. You can ask the question of the day. You can get the free giveaway at the end of the show. All that good stuff happens yeah. at the live show. Well, coming up in the show that we have already talked about, mm-hmm. we have an um, just a amazing story. A new organ of the body has been discovered, and I'm told it's what the largest organ of the body. Yeah, quite possibly and it's the largest. Never been organ. seen before. Uh huh. Never been discovered uh-huh. before. And How is that possible? Well, you know what the Lord knew it was there all along because He knows all the numbers, the number of the hairs in our head, doesn't He? He does indeed. We're just so. slow to pick up. We also have a story on how to become smarter than Stephen Hawking. Yes, I can guarantee a way that you can be smarter than Stephen Hawking by the end of this show. Of course, his uh, funeral is coming up in a few days. Mm-hmm, over Easter weekend. Over the Easter... Oh, we've got the Easter weekend coming up as well. Easter weekend coming oh, up. It already yeah. is for you guys on yeah, delayed broadcast. Right, delayed You're broadcast. missing out on the Easter special. <laughs> so if yes, you are missing out on Easter, just flick over to the live one. Come with the Easter show. We're doing a whole bunch of Easter specials. Well, we always enjoy your company, whether you are delayed or whether you are on the live show. We love you guys. Have a great day and enjoy the program. This is Hilary Scott and the Scott family. Come thou fount of every blessing. Team. 
You were listening to Hilary Scott and the Scott family with Come Thou Found here on Faith FM. And, you know, Mon, one of the great things about having my wife here mm-hmm. is that she just told me that one I had a piece of hair that was poking up <laughs> on top of my head. You did so have a cow lick. I ducked, I ducked out and wetted down my cow lick to make it sit flat, and it refused to sit flat. So I kept putting more and more and more water on it until I ended up coming back looking like Adolf Hitler. You now look a bit soggy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what are you grateful for, Monica? Yeah, so I'm actually grateful for answered prayer. Um, not necessarily answered the way I, I guess I was hoping for, but answered prayer is still answered prayer. So as you know, I have just recently moved from Melbourne up to Newcastle for this position. Yes. And uh, I have been looking for a house for the last few weeks and um, submitted an application for, I guess, what I was affectionately calling my dream house mm-hmm. and uh, and was, you know, <clears throat> prepared to wait several weeks as you usually do to hear back from the real estate agent. And uh, yeah, we, we were praying about it and we asked the Lord, you know, let your will be done. If it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. But if it is, you know, we would love to find out. And before the day was out, we had our answer, which is to me kind yep, of unheard of. That's great. It, it was a no, um, but I trust the Lord sees things that I don't see. And, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe it was full of termites or the neighbours were rowdy, but either which way, I had an answer to prayer. Or maybe there was somebody who just really needed that house more than you did. Exactly. So... Yeah. Not quite answered the way that I was hoping for, but an answer to prayer is still a miracle and I'm grateful for it. So that's what I'm grateful for today. And if you have something that you're grateful for that you would like to share with us and with all the other listeners, call us up 1-800-FAITH-FM. Nothing grows faith like sharing answered prayer stories and stories of miracles and, you know, stories of gratitude. So call Absolutely. us up and share. So what are you grateful for this morning? Even shoot us a text message 0491 or shoot us a message on Facebook. We want to know what you're grateful for and this morning. Do you know what? Somebody could be very grateful for the prize they win if they oh, get this yes. quiz right. This is an easy one. This I've never had one. Oh, no, we have had one similar to this. So this is a geographical one, as we can tell from the first clue. So what am I? I was used by Obadiah as a place to hide profits. And the second clue is Abraham bought one of these from Ephron for 400 shekels of silver. Mm. Easy peasy. Come on. If you think you know the answer, 1-800-FAITH-FM or text us on 0491-064-669. Even just message us on our Facebook, Faith FM Australia. And we are today the prize giving away uh, To Build a Life. It's a book by Luke B. Hyman. And it is all about uh, his testimony. He was a Bible-believing Christian, but money and success were his gods. He just didn't know it. When he finally realized he didn't have love, joy, or peace, he gave God 30 days to let him know why he didn't have them and how to get them. And this is his story. Very interesting. fascinating. Mm. Okay, so what are we talking about in your news segment today, Mon? Okay, Lyle, I'm sure you've heard that um, uh, Professor Stephen Hawking has passed away. Yes. Um, And he's... Funeral is actually taking place over this Easter weekend because it's Easter long weekend. Long weekend starts tomorrow. Woohoo! And uh, yes, so happy about that. And um, on Sunday will be his uh, his his memorial service there in Cambridge. But I was I was talking to you about this earlier, and I really thought we wanted to revisit this story because you told me something amazing. You told me how to become smarter than Stephen Hawking. Absolutely. And I thought that's going to be kind of difficult because he's a very clever man. Did you know that he once threw a party for time travellers? Oh, wow. He didn't send out any invitations because he said, well, if you're from the future, you should have known when it was. <laughs> <laughs> I love guess, it. Guess how many people turned up? No one. 
Exactly. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Thereby awesome. proving time travel doesn't actually happen. <laughs> yeah, because Stephen, talking through a party, you'd jump on a plane and fly over there, right? Oh, absolutely, if I got an invitation. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not a tra- time traveller then? Not yet. <laughs> okay, if you want to be smarter than Stephen Hawking, all you need to do is to achieve the true purpose of education. Do you know what the true purpose of education is? No. The true purpose of education is redemption. Okay. The true purpose of all education is redemption. So all education should point us to Jesus Christ. It should point us to redemption. And it's a little bit like this. The simplest person on our planet who finds Jesus Christ and achieves eternal life has achieved more than Stephen Hawking if he loses eternal life. Wow, can you just hit me with that one more time? The simplest person on our planet who receives Jesus Christ and achieves eternal life has achieved more than Stephen Hawking if he has lost eternal life. Wow, that's that's incredible to think of because... So here, yeah, yeah. Go on. It's a story that um, my dad told me many, many years ago when I was a little kid to illustrate this whole point. You know, there was um, this guy named Paddy and he's, he's rowing these two guys ashore from their, from their luxury yacht. Mm-hmm. And that was his job was to row people to shore. And as he's rowing ashore, one of them is like, he's a geologist. And like, oh, Paddy, you know anything about geology? And like, nope. And the other guy, he's a, uh, I don't know, what's that? A physicist. A physicist. And you know anything about physiology? Physio- Physics. Physics, whatever. <laughs> and Paddy's like, nope. And the first guy's like, oh, if you don't know anything about geology, half your life's missing. And the other guy's like, oh, if you know nothing about physics, half your life's missing. And the freak wave came and capsized the boat. And uh, Paddy's like, any of you, either of you guys know anything about swimology? <laughs> And they're both like, nope. He's like, well, both your lives are missing. (laughs) Which is a great story, but it illustrates that, you know, the most important things in life uh, is knowing Jesus Christ and receiving the promise of eternal life. And if you have done that, you have achieved the ultimate goal of true education. It's to learn about Jesus and to be able to live forever. You can learn as much as you want about this earth here, but if you only live for, what, 60, 70, 80 years... Mm That is nothing in comparison. You have not achieved the goal of what education is really all about. There's a parable in the Bible where Jesus actually illustrates this. And he talks about wealth here. I want you to think about this in the context of wealth of knowledge. And let me share it with you. It comes from Luke chapter 12. And it begins in verse 16. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know, I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy, eat, drink and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth but not have a relationship with God. And we can talk about that in the wealth of knowledge. Stephen Hawking had a wealth of knowledge, but he did not have a wealth of knowledge of God. Mm. And so God turns around and says, Stephen Hawking, you fool. You missed out on the most important part of education. And I find it um, quite ironic. You were saying that something about where these ashes were going to be put? His ashes are going to be scattered right next to Sir Isaac Newton's burial spot. 
Okay, so Sir Isaac Newton, you know, the most influential scientist who ever lived and somebody who wrote more about the Bible and Jesus Christ than he did about science. Somebody who understood the true purpose of education, that the true purpose, the ultimate goal of education was to be able to have this knowledge and to have it for eternity, mm. not just for a moment, not just for a blink. You know, this was this was probably the uh, Isaac Newton, probably the greatest man that ever lived, the, the greatest mind that ever lived. I had no idea he wrote so much about Jesus. Yeah. Oh wow. Mm. Well, there you go, ladies and gents. How to be smarter than Stephen Hawking this yes. morning? And you were going to tell us uh, something else. Yes, Lyle. Guess what? What? They have found another organ in our bodies. Another one. Yeah. Can you believe it? it's been sitting like inside us our whole time, and we had no idea. So it's called. Um, Wait, what is it called? In how do I pronounce this, Lyle? Interstitial stitchium, interstitium. Let's call it that. Interstitium. Okay, right. Yep. All right. So it's uh, it's the space found everywhere throughout the body, under the skin and between the organs. So it surrounds arteries, muscles, and the digestive and urinary tracts in a layer thought to be previously thought to be dense connective tissue the reason they had it wrong was because every time they go to study your tissue they dry it out and it's dead and they stick it underneath the microscope and what happens is when they drain all the fluid this thing collapses it's a bit like taking the floor out of a room and all the walls fall down so they hadn't seen it before they hadn't seen it before but they discovered a new way to study um, tissue where it was still sort of alive and they they put this um, fluorescent fluid into it and they said there was this moment of quiet awe when they realized, hang on, there's something here that we've never seen before. That's just amazing. You know, it just shows to show there is so much that we don't know. And mm. for someone like Stephen Hawking to say God does not exist, how does he know that? How do you actually know something like that? That's impossible to know. Yeah, it's easy to miss big things because this is supposed to be the biggest organ we have. There you go. We missed that. <laughs> wow. Amazing. This is Endless Praise with God Is.
with God is and Monica I think we're all super disappointed with our cricket team right now isn't that so yeah yeah I mean to some degree I mean I am quite bored by cricket I want to say <laughs> don't say that <laughs> terrible and uh, and this has been just on the news so much and it's beginning to do my brain a little bit mush yeah but um, yeah I, I, I am disappointed because although I don't particularly care for cricket do you know what I do care about what I care about the Australian reputation worldwide. Yeah, and it's certainly been tarnished by this. And as Australians, I think universally, um, we're we're very disappointed. Now, I've got an expert on the phone with us this morning, um, Dr. Sven Ostring. Hey. Or Erstring, I should say, Dr. Sven Erstring. And his expertise is not necessarily cricket, but rather uh, Christian apologetics. I was going to say, who has a PhD in cricket? (laughs) Okay. Now, I've got some interesting questions that I'm going to put to... uh, Sven. Mm-hmm. Um, now, from this perspective, okay, so Australia is a largely secular country mm-hmm. and there is, you know, universal disappointment mm. amongst all Australians right now. With because we're known for being friendly. We don't want to yeah. be known for being cheats. And I think outside of Australia, there's universal disgust that um, we've been cheating. Yeah, especially because our country, I feel, has been held in such high regard in the past. Yeah. And now, you know, all those Australians, they're actually a bunch of cheats. Maybe they really do harken back to their convict beginnings. That's right. Now, Dr. Sven Erstring, um, just a, a welcome to the show, first of all. Good morning and welcome. Yeah. Good to be back with both of you guys. Yeah. Now, um, I have a question for you. Why are we automatically disgusted when sportsmen cheat? I mean, you know, regardless of whether we're Christians or not Christians or religious people or people not of faith or otherwise, across the board, why are we 
automatically just disgusted when this kind of thing happens. Yeah. It's, it's because we have this intrinsic kind of deep down sense that there's a need for fairness, um, particularly in, in sport. And, you know, I guess the reality is that, you know, we're really inspired when sports people um, really overcome great odds to win. And, and you know, that, that could be because uh, they have a, a physical disadvantage or, or something like that, or, or maybe they, they face a, a huge personal challenge like they've, um, they, they got cancer and then they overcame it. And, and for us, we, we're just really inspired by that. And, and in those sort of situations, it's, it's because, as, as some people might say, you know, nature dealt them with an unfair set of cards to, to start off with mm. and they, uh, they came back from it. The issue is this, is that what sports does is it sets up this, this ground uh, framework of rules to ensure fairness. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, so we want to give them fairness. We, we, you know, they might have come from a, you know, backwaters um, uh, town in, in a, a developing country, or have some kind of personal challenge. But we want to make sure that we we make it fair for them. Sure. And so, um, we want to give them that level playing field. Um, and, and if they win, they deserve our applause. They, they really do. But the problem is when, when sports people know the rules and then they try to underhandedly, um, intentionally seek out an unfair advantage over their, um, the team that they're playing against, it, it, it goes against our deep sense of, of fairness. And, and the fact is this, you know, because they've manipulated the system or they've tried to, uh, we really feel that they they really need to face the consequences mm. of trying to unplay fairly. So where does, so we're asked, sorry, sorry for butting in. Where does this deep sense of fairness come from? Well, yes, it's it's a really fascinating question, and there's a number of ways that people have tried to approach that. Well, one is to say, well, it comes morality and and fairness comes from, uh, you know, our own personal preferences. Um, but, the, but the problem with that is that, you know, I, I think, you know, you, I'm sure you prefer to win rather than necessarily lose. Mm. Um, so, you know, um, if morality is just personal preferences, like, you know, you prefer um, chocolate gelato, whereas I prefer lemon gelato, um, it really doesn't give us any basic groundwork for that fairness, for that morality. Mm-hmm. Um, then, then there's another approach, which is that it says, well, society has established these, um, these moral values, the, these, you know, these rules of fairness that we need to, to play with. Um, and so that's where we kind of get it from. The, the issue there would be that, um, you know, it would be easy for society to change it. I mean, you just go to parliament Mm. And, you know, one, uh, one day, uh, you can have laws which, which, um, effectively say this is how we, uh, do things in Australia. And then through a simple vote, um, the next day it's all changed. And, um, you know, some big things have happened in, in Australian, um, history, uh, just recently, you know, about that as well. So, um, once again, you have this sense, well, you know, um, if fairness is such an important thing, we have this deeply, then 
how can society just up and decide that it's going to change it? You know, it doesn't, sure. doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the other thing would be, of course, that, you know, um, it gives us some kind of survival advantage uh, being able to have these kind of rules. Yeah, well, just, then, just, 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 just jumping in on that for a second, you know, in my mind, from an evolutionary perspective, yes. wouldn't, you know, survival of the fittest is the ultimate goal, so wouldn't cheating be the... Part of that whole... Yeah, the, the most, yeah. The most uh, moral thing to do. I mean, that's, that's, that's the best thing yes. you can do. And shouldn't that be ingrained yes. into us coming from that kind of a background? And encouraged and applauded when people do it successfully. Hmm. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So, so there's a problem with morality uh, from from an evolutionary point of view that actually goes against exactly what you're saying, um, survival of the the fittest, which is really that if you see a way through, um, you know, a pathway through life where you can uh, be fitter, you know, you can get a survival advantage and the other people are left behind, then you, from a rational point of view, you should really take it. Mm-hmm. It, it, do, it doesn't make sense not to. So, you know, if you see, if you figure out, because you're smarter than, than me or um, Monique, or, or, you know, and, and you say, well, you know, if I rub the cricket ball with a piece of sandpaper and, and win, then, then really you should take it. You shouldn't, shouldn't be fair. So, from, And we should from applaud a, that. Yeah, yeah, we, we we should, but but deep down we don't. Mm. The the other thing as well with with evolution um, is that um, you really um, everything can change. Like you know, your genetics changes, your anatomy changes over time. Um, so, and if morality came from evolution, then morality can change. It's it's very fluid as well. So there's no grounds to say well. Fairness is a moral value that we all hold to no matter what. So it's a, it's a big problem for, for, from an evolutionary standpoint. Sure. And it also doesn't necessarily explain the – evolution wouldn't explain the guilt. I mean, these, these fellas, they felt guilty and they confessed to it. But if, you know, if evolution was real, they should have just felt proud that they had you know, found another way to be the fittest and survive. Well, of course, um, you know, they can have shame from a society point of view because society is kind of, you know, uh, you know, given them consequences, put them ba- at the back of the pack, so to speak. Um, but, but certainly if they can get away with it, they should feel proud of it. And if we can applaud them for it, um, then, then there's, no, there's no problem. It, it, there, there's some real problems um, here if you say, well, moral values like fairness came through an evolutionary um, process. It's, it's really problematic. Mm-hmm. Sven, has been fantastic having you on the show today. We really appreciate your uh, comments on this, and I think these are some uh, really important issues that we need to look into as this uh, scandal uh, continues mm-hmm. to rock Australia. And to really stop and ask ourselves the question, you know, if we're not a person of faith, if, if, if you're not a person of faith, then why do you feel bad about it? And, and you know, shouldn't, shouldn't, we, shouldn't it be the opposite of that? And the reason yeah. I think that we feel bad about it is because God has placed in, within all of us a sense of mm. morality, a sense mm-hmm. of right and wrong. Yes. And that, that's so important, um, Lyle, because um, if you really have a, a commitment to fairness, and morality and, a, and a, uh, giving people a fair go, um, sportsmanship, then the basis for that is ultimately God himself. And um, it's, great, it's a great 
pointer towards the existence of God. Sure. Um, and I find it very yeah. powerful. It absolutely is. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Sven Erstring, and commenting on that most important story. We're going to move to our break now, and we're going to be listening to Carly Fletcher teach us to number our days here on Faith FM. You are listening to Faith FM Australia, 87.6, 87.8 and 88 FM. Lyle, let me hit you with another clue for this quiz. Oh, the quiz. Yes, we did skip that <laughs> clue on our last one. It was a bit of a long segment there with Dr. It was a good Sven segment, Mastering, though. But it was, it was, yeah, very, it was very interesting yeah. to know that our sense of morality is often a clue that we are not from evolution. Absolutely. What am I? The first clue was I was used by Obadiah as a place to hide profits. Mm-hmm. 
Clue two, Abraham bought one of these from Ephron for 40 shekels of silver. And clue three, Lot and his two daughters called this home after leaving Sodom. Okay, so we have a special guest on the line. Mm. Welcome to the show, Claire. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. So, Claire, don't give the answer, but do you know the answer to that quiz? Yes, I was going, pick me, pick me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're not going to pick you, Claire. We're going to leave that for someone else. If you think you know the answer, 1-800-FAITH-FM or text us on 0491-064-669 and we will send you the prize to Build a Life, a wonderful book by Luke B. Hyman. Now, Claire, I'm so stoked to have you on the show, but I am a little bit nervous. And do you know why? Why? Because the three of us have known each other for almost 10 years. <laughs> Did you realize that? Is it 10 years? No, it's been almost that's a 10 long years. Time. I know, which means it could be difficult because we might just miss things. Did we all meet each other at the same time? We all met in 2008, did we not? I think so. Yeah, think so. we all went to Bible. I yeah, I it was nine. I think it was nine, wasn't well, it? That's right. Yeah, it was two thousand nine. My bad. So almost, yeah, t- almost, yeah, almost ten, years. ten years. So Claire and I went to Bible college together, where you were one of our teachers, mm-hmm. and I have proof that I've known Claire for this long because I have. I was just thinking of the break of all the nicknames that I have for her. I know her as <laughs> Clarentine, Claire Bear. Clarence Beanberger. See, he's a long history. <laughs> you, you, you guys do have a long history. Claire, it's so great to have you on our show. Um, Thanks, Mom. I'm going to try and keep this uh, interesting because we might just like slip into like old friend talk. Well, <laughs> we were just talking about it and we were just thinking, well, you know, there's a whole, there's whole swathes of your story we've never heard. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about how you came to, came to Christ, how you became a Christian because I met you when you were like on fire already and you, you actually helped me along with my journey so what what was your journey okay well I guess you probably know the part that I was brought up in a home so I was blessed in that I had a bit of a head start mm-hmm. but I and I lived my whole life I guess kind of um never leaving God but I was 90% his and I was kind of holding a 10% back for myself mm. and so it wasn't until I mean, it was a series of events, but I started to get a little bit more excited about it when I started reading my Bible every day for myself when I was about 20. And then as I, as that, um, I don't know, God started to get to my heart. And then I signed up to come to that Bible college that we met at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then somebody at that college actually asked me to tell my testimony, like the first like week that we were there. Uh-huh. And I was like, yeah, no worries. And then I sat down to write it down and went, oh my goodness, I am so not going to tell these bunch of people that I don't know <laughs> this story. <laughs> and I started to have a little panic, but, but in the process of writing down my story, I began to see what it was that God had been doing in my life, my whole life. And I saw him chasing me and I saw myself pushing him back because, you know, I, it, I didn't want to give everything. And then I, I just sort of saw a picture of myself slapping him and pushing him away as he chased me my whole life. And it broke my heart. I couldn't believe that I'd done that to him for so long. And that was my, I would say that was my conversion point where I like, that's it, I'm all in, God. I'm all in, I'm all yours. So that was that was how I came to God. So I was, you probably didn't know that, but I was having that experience as I was meeting you guys. Yeah, I never knew that. I, I, that's the I first didn't time either. I've heard that. Yeah. It's a good thing we're doing this interview. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. <laughs> but you know, that's, that is so true. It's so often the story that, and I encourage um, listeners, you know, maybe try writing down your personal testimony. It'll give you a clear overview and you'll be heartened when you see just how much God chases you and how, how, how close he's been to your life and how much he's wanted to be more in your life. 
Yeah. Now, Claire, just uh, very quickly, you said you, you mentioned you grew up in a Christian home. What part of Australia do you come from? Sorry, say that again. What part of Australia do you come from? Oh, um, I well, that's a good question. <laughs> I'm a bit of a gypsy. <laughs> that's a bit of a hard question because I'm a bit of a gypsy. So I was born in Western Australia. Uh, grew up in <laughs> grew up in like Western country Queensland, and then well, as soon as I was old enough for school, moved down to Warburton, Victoria, and spent most of my life there. Then went to Sydney. So. Uh, all over the shop, really. Yeah, that's pretty much most of Australia except for uh, Northern Territory and, of course, the Promised Land. You missed out Tasmania. What's up with that? <laughs> oh, sorry, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> She'll get round to it one day. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, that's right. Your life is not over yet. You've got plenty more years to uh, tick the rest of those Three. boxes and and, um, and, and, and and inhabit the rest of those states. So, I might um, do that. <laughs> your parents were both Christian? I grew up with just my mother and my grandmother. Right. So they were both Christian, yeah. Okay. And now take us, you know, so the three of us met at Bible College. So where, what have you been up to since um, since Bible College days back in 2009? Well, I spent the best part of eight years doing Bible work since that time. And then um, just this last year and a half, I've decided that I need to branch out and change things a little bit. So I've been... I've started my own little business called Picket Fence Organic, where I grow microgreens and organic vegetables and um, sell and deliver them. Yes, you need to understand that um, we always considered Claire to be part hippie. Yeah, most definitely. Part hippie, part gypsy, <laughs> part Aussie. All right, what, what, what percent, what's the percentage breakdown there, Claire? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, probably uh, all hippie. <laughs> <laughs> So you so you have uh, was it white picket fence was it called or picket fence organic? Picket fence organic. Picket fence organic. And I have to admit, when I see pictures um, on your Instagram and on your social media, what's your Instagram handle, by the way? It's yeah, it's picket fence organic. Picket fence organic, all one word, lowercase, yeah. put together. Yeah. Those pictures make me so hungry. Your your <laughs> your plants look so delicious yeah. and yet so I cute. That. I just see that and I wish I was a rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all this rabbit food right there like oh I wish I was a rabbit right now I would eat all of that and it's so colourful they're not just green you have like the reds and the purples and the pinks it's really pretty I often wonder I don't know if I want to eat that or like stick it on my shelf on display have we got any pictures up on our Facebook yeah I think I have sent some pictures through to our producer and she'll put them up on Facebook and you can see some of the stuff that, that Claire grows and now Claire you grow these organically at your home that's correct yes and you sell these all at market. in just sunshine I do. I sell them at markets and I sell them to cafes. I thought you grew them in dirt and water as well as sunshine. <laughs> funny. <laughs> you said uh, you yeah, grew them all in just sunshine. I'm thinking, this is a miracle. Air, no. <laughs> I knew Claire was amazing, but I didn't know that she was supernaturally miraculous. Now, now the other amazing thing, not just about Claire, is about sprouts. Now, sprouts are like, are they considered like a superfood in terms of health? Because Claire, I... I when I think of you, I always think of someone who has always been interested in health and in health ministry because you... She's a hippie, that's right. But she also has a nursing degree. <laughs> She's a hippie with a nursing degree. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the nutritional benefits and the health benefits of your sprouts. Okay. Well, firstly, then you need to um, differentiate them from actual sprouts, as in alfalfa, mm-hmm. because they're not grown in water in a dark little plastic container like sprouts often are. Mm-hmm. So that's where you have the opportunity to get salmonella which is always a great exciting event but Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) microgreens are grown in soil and in in fresh air and sunshine at least mine are 
and so there's a lot less risk of uh, of getting sick from them. Does that mean that they have but a the higher nu- nutritional content because of the the dirt and the sunshine? natural way it's been grown? They do because they are a little bit older. So sprouts are just a couple of days old and they haven't yet um, made the true leaves or even made the small, what they call cotyledon, the little tiny leaves at the beginning. They're just sort of a tail. Mm-hmm. Whereas microgreens are between a week and two weeks old. And so they have gotten nutrition from the sun and nutrition from what I've given them. So yeah, they're better for you. They say, the studies show that microgreens are between four and 40 times more nutritious than eating the adult version of the vegetable. Wow. That's phenomenal. Yeah, so now, they're really good for you. Now, now, now I understand why rabbits breed so prolifically. <laughs> <laughs> they get all this extra nutrition. So what are, what are some of the species that you grow specifically? Okay, so everybody wants to know what the pink one is. Yeah, that's exactly the pink why one. I'm asking. <laughs> oh, it's so pretty. pink. It's bright pink. I mean, this is, this is the color of these things. Yeah, and you get to eat it. I've always thought that pink food is the best food. <laughs> yeah, and when you cut it, it looks a little bit like Persian fairy floss. Oh, I you love know that, that stuff. stuff. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, stuff is great. Like so what are the names of the, of the, uh, of the plants? Okay, so the pink one is called red garnet mm-hmm. amaranth. Ooh. Amaranth, as in the South American grain that people use as a gluten-free grain. <gasps> that's that one. Mm. So that's like that's one of these um, super good food, good for your foods, eh? Yeah, it is. Hmm. And so of the 25 microgreens that they studied, the amaranth is in the top four. Oh, so wow. It's wow. The best of the best. What are the yeah. other three? Coriander, uh-huh. red cabbage, and daikon radish. Red cabbage, daikon radish. That do you remember that long saber tooth thing that I brought? That I bought yeah. over one day. Yeah, that's a daikon radish. Those things are mad. I love them, and they're really spicy. So that's the microgreen version is really spicy. Yeah. And so you grow all these different varieties. I do. I grow those four, but I also grow others too. So I grow snow peas and sugar peas and basil and yes, there's a long list. So what? How, are, how many on your list? Do you know? Um, I think about 15. Okay. Wow. What are some of the vitamins and minerals that we can expect to get from these little little micro superfoods? They're really high in vitamin E mm-hmm. and vitamin A and vitamin C. Vitamin There's E is good for your skin, right? Yeah. Yeah. Vitamin, vitamin A is good for your eyes. Ah, which makes sense because you don't wear glasses, so I guess, you know. <laughs> no. That's why. <laughs> That's what my dad always said. Yeah. He's like, you know why carrots are good for your eyes? Because you never see rabbits wearing glasses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Dad joke. laughs> yeah. Now, Claire, this I is... Also, a, sorry, go on. I was just going to say, I also grow broccoli. And broccoli as a microgreen is... Everyone's talking about broccoli sprouts having this this um, this thing in them called sulforaphane. And sulforaphane is what prevents cancer, it's anti-inflammatory, it, it immune system boosts, so it's sort of an all-rounder. You can look it up, Google like the benefits of sulforaphane in broccoli sprouts because it's the highest for them that you can get it from. Wow. So, yeah. Do you stuff. get it in real broccoli or not? At the moment, yeah, you do, you do, but like the same as always, it's in a much lower percentage. So yeah. The so sprout is much so when, I was a, when I was a kid, you know, I lived off broccoli for a while. Oh, really? Yep. Really? <laughs> we were really poor smelly. one year and the broccoli had gone wild in the garden while we were away. And we came back and there was just this, this broccoli everywhere. It had taken over the whole garden. And, uh, we I wish lived I had off, that problem. We lived, off, we lived off broccoli and green grubs. Wow. That were in the broccoli. Yeah. And then we would find every now and then. We'd sit there every meal going through our broccoli, picking out all the grubs and putting them on the side of our plate. I just want to ask, when you say uh, like broccoli sprouts, like microgreen broccoli, <clears throat> you're not talking about like 
tiny, tiny broccoli heads. And it's not like it's bonsai broccoli, right? Like it's a different looking plant. People aren't expecting a, a little pot with the tiny broccoli in it, yeah? So it doesn't look anything like the broccoli flower. Okay. okay. Yeah, it looks like a tiny, tiny seedling. And where can people get hold of some of your organic sprouts? Well, your organic microgreens, I should say. Well, there's two ways. You can go online on my website, which is pickafenceorganic.com, and you can order on there, and I will deliver as long as you're in the Sydney area. If you're outside of the Sydney area, we will have to work something out. But um, I also sell them through a shop called Pure Organics Whole Food House, so you can get them there. Wonderful. So, quick question, Claire. You've been a Bible worker for the best part of eight years. Um, mm-hmm. Now you're doing this particular project here, which is just a fantastic project to, you know, really encourage health because this is, I, I know it's been a passion of yours for a long time and good health is a part of good spirituality. Do you, mm-hmm. get, do you still get opportunity to, uh, to talk to people about Jesus now that you're in small business? Look, you know, this was actually one of the reasons why I decided to do it. Because I spend so much time, like I said, doing Bible work, and Bible work has great benefits. And p- meeting people at the door of their home has, you know, it's it's upside, but it also has the downside of most people in Australia today hate you the moment they see you on their front door. <laughs> and I know I'm a, li- <laughs> I'm a they don't like hate that. you. Like, Australians don't hate people. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> just like, yeah, maybe a little bit like, oh, what do they suppose want? I think Australians. Are, I think Australians are friendlier than that. Look, I've never been persecuted for knocking on someone's door, so I guess they don't hate me, but they're not particularly excited about the prospect of talking to me most of the time. But um, when I look in the Bible and I see how the disciples and how God worked through, it was always through interactions in, in, in normal society. And I wanted to be able to have that. I wanted to be able to, to live a life where I was meeting people in a way that they would appreciate my company rather than be a little bit like hesitant about my company so that I could get to know them on a real level over a period of time. And then if they're interested in Jesus, then introduce them to him. So I wanted to be able to build a community. So I'm always used to going so far away to Bible work in another town, somewhere where my church is. But I wanted to be able to be part of the community I was in now. That's fantastic. Claire? We might have to get you back to talk more about how you're doing that because we're actually running out of time. We need to go Aww. to our break. <laughs> Went quick, didn't it? But we have uh, Josh Cunningham coming up right now with Emmanuel.
different personalities to express that because his personality is infinite. If it's a love song written to us, when we're at our lowest points, we've got backup. Like a lot of the rational arguments for the existence of God, they tend to work better after you believe. Hi, this is Luke from oztabletalk.com.au. Please join myself and some of my closest friends as we explore our faith through conversation, Bible study, interviews, and more. You can find us online at oztabletalk.com.au. That's oz as in Australia, A-U-S, tabletalk.com.au. Looking forward to seeing you there. Bye. I'm so glad that's recorded because I wouldn't write that down. Yeah. <laughs> Someone called it a care package there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> to Faith FM, positively different radio.